Last week, we asked, why should we be involved in evangelism? Why should we share the message of Jesus? And we realised that even although we might have a whole host of reasons as to why we can't do it, if we've trusted in Jesus, then he has called us to put out into the deep water and to let down the nets for a catch. doesn't matter who we are, what we're like, if we're a follower of Jesus, then he has called us to go into this world and make disciples. Yes, we go to different places, in different ways, to speak to different people, but out of obedience to our Lord, because of our love for him, we need to be committed to reaching out to others with the gospel. But we mustn't do this out of a sense of obligation or kind of dry duty. Instead, if we're going to follow Jesus, then this, this commitment to evangelism must come from our hearts. We are called to reach out with compassion. When you look at Luke chapter 5 this morning, verse 12 down to verse 16, and just see some simple lessons from, from this amazing chapter or passage. So Luke chapter 5, verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. A man came along who was covered with leprosy. We are kind of removed from this culture and this time. So we could easily miss the shock of that little statement. Leprosy was a terrible disease that led to horrible disfiguring and eventually to death. And at that time, it was incurable. So this man was basically in a hopeless situation. He'd been given a horrible death sentence and he was simply waiting for that, what seemed inevitable to happen. But this wasn't just a health issue. The, the law, the Mosaic law, said this, command the Israelites to send away from the camp anyone who has an infectious skin disease. People with that kind of illness were segregated as outcasts in that society. In part, I think this was about containing the spread of that infection. But it was also because these people were unclean in God's sight. As God's holy people, the community of Israel had to be separate from the uncleanness in, this, in the world. And that included people who carried these fatal diseases. 
who were like the, the living dead. So this man who was covered with leprosy was excluded from his family and his community and even from worshipping his God at his temple. So the normal reaction to this man would have been from, for some of them, would have been to have turned away from him. Other people, they would have just run from him. Others out of fear might have shouted at him or thrown stones at him to drive him away. In most people's eyes, this man was unclean and unwanted. Someone to be avoided. Someone to be forgotten about. But I don't think this was only, sorry about the the door today, and the alarm as well. This wasn't only about how other people felt about him. It seems also that this is how he felt about himself. Did you notice what he said? When he saw Jesus, he fell at his face, with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make him, you can make me clean. In a way, that was an an amazing statement of faith. Perhaps he'd heard about some of the amazing things that Jesus had already done. Perhaps he'd started to believe that Jesus really was the Messiah. Maybe he was the one sent from God. But whatever the reason, this man didn't seem to struggle to believe what seemed impossible, that Jesus had the power to heal him. He seemed able to accept the reality that Jesus had the power to overcome his incurable disease. But what this man wasn't sure of was whether Jesus would heal him or not. He knew that Jesus could, he just didn't know if he was willing. He was confident of Jesus' power, but not of his love. Maybe this was because this is how everyone else treated him. If this man had been abandoned by his family, by his community, by God's people, if they treated him as worthless and unworthy of their care, then perhaps this is what God thought of him too. If other people were not willing to care for him, then why should Jesus? And I think there are lots of people in the world today who are like that for a whole host of different reasons. Our world values the beautiful, the clever, the successful, the interesting, the funny, the strong. Those are the celebrities who have thousands of Facebook friends or Instagram followers or YouTube subscribers. They are the kind of people who are seen as important and valuable in our society. So if someone doesn't fit in to that image, then it's easy to feel unloved and unimportant. There's a guy in the Bible called Mephibosheth. He was a guy who had been crippled uh, in both of his, his feet after an accident when he was a kid. 
But King David wanted to show him kindness for the sake of Jonathan, Mephibosheth's dad, who was a a good friend, or who had been a good friend of David. But when David expressed that kindness to Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth couldn't understand it. He said to David, excuse me, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Mephibosheth felt worthless because he didn't fit into the image of an important person in his culture. He felt completely worthless and unlovable. For other people, it's because they've been hurt or ridiculed or abused or rejected. If if they've been treated like that, then it's natural for them to believe that what people have said about them is true. These lies impact their hearts and crush their souls. David, he wrote Psalm 22. A powerful prophecy pointing forward to the suffering of Jesus on the cross. But first of all, I think this psalm was an expression of his own heart. His own experience. His own struggles as a result of being attacked by others. So in that psalm he said of himself, listen to this, Psalm 22 verse 6. I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by men and despised by the people. If you've been attacked and abused, rejected, ridiculed, then you can feel less than a human being. Worthless. Unlovable. Or if some people are are aware of their mistakes and their failures in their lives, then they also can feel messed up. Too broken, too unclean for anybody really to love them. They can carry that burden with them all the time and they feel that if somebody really knew them, then they wouldn't want to love them. They wouldn't want to accept them. Joseph's brothers were like that. Even after Joseph had declared his love and his forgiveness to them and brought them from Canaan to Egypt to look after them during the famine, they still doubted whether their their brother could really love them could really accept him. And so when their father died, they worried, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? They were still carrying the burden of their failure with them and thought it would get in between them and their brother. So the problem is, people can often feel like that and feel that that's how God Looks at them. That God loves us the same way that other people love us. So if they've experienced rejection, felt important, made a mess of things in their lives, then they can feel that they're just not good enough for God. Last week we saw Peter express that, didn't we? Those of us who were here. Peter responded to that miraculous catch of fish in Luke chapter 5 by saying to Jesus, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. He felt worthless because he saw his sinfulness in comparison to the holiness of Jesus. And ultimately that's the most desperate situation for us to be in, isn't it? 
Because if someone keeps their distance from God because they don't feel worthy of his love, then they are now in a more dangerous situation than this man covered in leprosy. And so the question is, how could Jesus overcome this man's feeling of unworthiness? And how could he reveal God's love to him? Well, one way was through this miraculous healing. He healed this man's body with a word. I am willing, be clean. And immediately this man's disease was banished. His skin was restored. His body was healed. It's an amazing miracle. And a wonderful demonstration of Jesus' power to do the impossible. And it's a picture of the power of God to restore anyone who comes to him for salvation. Today, no matter who we meet, or what issues, or what problems they have, or what they have or haven't done, the gospel that we are called to share is the power of God to save completely. Like Paul, we can say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God to save for the salvation of everyone who believes. Not ashamed of the gospel. But did you notice that wasn't all that Jesus did there to this man? He didn't just say, be clean, and the man was clean. Before he healed this man, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, Jesus did not need to touch this man to heal him from his leprosy. His words did that. But Jesus wanted to do more than just administer a cure from a distance. He wanted to demonstrate God's love and God's acceptance. And he did this with a touch. In fact, this word actually means he gripped him. He gripped him. It was not a kind of hesitant, tentative little tap on the shoulder. Trying to keep as far away as possible. This was a warm, firm, wholehearted grasp. This was a touch of love. Mark records that when Jesus saw this man and heard his doubt-filled plea, he was filled with compassion. That means Jesus was moved right down in the depths of his being. Literally in his gut. Jesus felt this man's pain and this man's suffering. He was moved by his loneliness and his lack of self-worth and it moved him to reach out and to touch him. Now this was a costly love. According to the Mosaic law, that made Jesus unclean to touch somebody who was unclean. For that moment, Jesus shared in his uncleanness. But Jesus was willing to be contaminated for this man. Jesus was willing to become involved in his problem. Before he was healed, before his skin was made new, before his body was made whole, before he was, when he was still unclean, unwanted, unattractive, and in the world's eyes, unlovable, Jesus grabbed hold of him to declare his value and his worth. That no matter what, He was loved by God. In that moment, Jesus reveals that God is love. 
And his love is unconditional. It's unlimited. And it's unending. And Jesus is willing to do the same in our lives too. He's willing to reach out to us and touch us in the mess of our lives. He's willing to be associated with us before we've all been all cleaned up. He's willing to get involved in our issues, in our problems, to reveal God's love to us. Isn't that what the cross is all about? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. In love, Jesus touched us in our sin and took upon himself our sinfulness so that we could experience his righteousness. He became unclean so that we can become clean. Have you experienced that touch in your life? If not, you can experience it today. You can just invite him into your life today. The Bible gives this guarantee that everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Because he loves us, Jesus is willing and able to save us completely. But here's the thing for us who have trusted in Jesus. If this is who Jesus is, if this is what he wants to do in other people's lives, then this is the example that we need to follow. If Jesus came to declare God's love to a hurting world and invite them into a relationship with God through the sacrifice of himself, then our job is to take that message to the world. And that means that our involvement in this mission must be motivated and directed by love. When we left Scotland, came to Ireland, there was an amazing old Christian in our church. He gave me a little verse. Now he's now with the Lord in glory. But I hope I always remember what he said to me that day. It was in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. He said, For Christ's love, compels us. It's Christ's love that compels us in our mission. It's understandable that our first instinct is to just turn away from the mess of this world. To run away from all the pain and the suffering that we can see. To long just for an easy and comfortable life. To avoid the upset of caring for others. But if we've experienced the compassion of Christ, if we've received that amazing touch of love and acceptance, if we've been forgiven through his loving sacrifice, if we've been adopted into God's family, if his love has been poured into our hearts by his Holy Spirit, then his love should compel us to keep on going out the people around us, to touch their lives, to care for them in their struggles, to share the message and invite them into this relationship with Jesus. Jesus didn't turn away from this world. He was let, a willing to let the pain of this world impact the deepest part of his being and motivate him to care for them. 
And if we belong to Jesus, then that's what we should be doing as well. This was the driving force of the Apostle Paul's evangelism. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 9. Shocking words. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. Those are my own ways. Paul cared so deeply about these people that he would do anything he could to introduce them to Jesus. Even going to hell if that was possible. To have that same passionate love driving you to go out with the gospel of Jesus. It should be that love that motivates us as a church to go out into the, into the world for these two weeks of outreach. We don't run these camps or craft nights or family fun days or distribute gospels because we have to or because we want to have a good reputation as a church or because we enjoy it or because it makes us feel good. Instead, we are supposed to be motivated by love. Love for God because we long to see Him glorified in this town. Love for people. Because we desperately are concerned about their place. And the fact that they are lost and heading for a lost eternity. But it's also love that needs to keep us reaching out. After these two weeks are over. Keep on reaching out to our friends, our family, our neighbours, our colleagues. Even our enemies. With this amazing message of the gospel. But just one last point please. And our time's gone. We need to do this irrespective of somebody's response. And this is often the test of love. Did you notice what Jesus said to this man after he healed him? Verse 14. Don't tell anybody. But go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now initially that sounds really strange. Why would Jesus not want this man to tell anybody? I think there's a number of different reasons. Jesus was teaching this man about having a respect for God's law. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He also wanted this man to be a clear and undeniable witness to the priests. For them to see this man coming back healed and saying, who healed you? Jesus did. But this was also early on in Jesus' ministry. And he wanted people to understand that his mission was much more than just physical healing. His mission was to save sinners. To meet their greater need. Unfortunately, this man didn't obey Jesus. Instead, he spread spread the news about his healing so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. To some some extent, that sounds really good because people were coming to Jesus. But unfortunately, we're coming to Jesus for much less than what Jesus wanted to give them. It's a reminder about what our message and what our mission is really all about. And we'll think about that more next week when we look down in the next passage in Luke chapter 5. But it's also a revelation of the depth of Jesus' love for this man. 
This man's disobedience to Jesus' command actually hindered his mission. But the amazing thing is, he knew, Jesus knew that this man would respond this way. And yet he still loved him. He still cared deeply for him. He still reached out and touched him. He still healed him. And this is what we are called to do in our evangelism. We are called to reach out to people in love. Whether or not they respond as we would like. Whether or not they sit down and thank us so much for telling them about Jesus. Whether or not they put their trust in Jesus or not. Whether or not they turn their back and reject us or not. Evangelism is supposed to be motivated and filled and empowered by God's love for sinners. And that love is unconditional. Without condition. It's not a love if that person responds. Or if they do this. Or if they do that. It's a love with no conditions. So our evangelism is worthwhile. And it's honouring to God. Whatever the outcome of that evangelism is. Because it's an expression of God's heart. Of love. So let's not turn away from the hurting and the lonely. Said, let's walk in the footsteps of Jesus and seek to love others as we've been loved and reveal God's amazing love.